Welcome to the Property Experts Podcast, where you'll find open conversations, no bullshit attitudes, and deep dive insights from award-winning property developers and business owners, Ben Richards and Jack Jiggins. Together, they've delivered over 40 million in gross development value over the last five years and have a pipeline of over 25 million to deliver in the next 18 months. They've built numerous other seven-figure businesses with six-figure net profits around their property ecosystem, and it's by no means been an easy ride. So on this podcast, they'll share their weekly trials and tribulations running multiple businesses, giving you never-before-seen insights into the inner workings of finding, funding, designing, delivering, and selling award-winning property deals, together with golden nuggets of advice through the five key areas of any business, marketing, sales, operations, finance, and talent. If you're a young entrepreneur looking to get started or have a small team, but you're looking to scale your business to the next level, this is the No Bullshit Podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another week of XP Properties live Q&A. I'm flying solo today. Jack has flown off to Munich for the weekend. So I will be talking you through this fun packed agenda, which you see in front of me. If you haven't tuned in before, this is all about giving uh, information on what we've been up to over the past week, helping you grow your property businesses and other service-based businesses that you venture into. Jack and I are both award-winning property developers um, and business owners running an array of businesses, which you see on the screen. If you're listening in on the podcast, I've been running Aura Architecture for the last six years. Jack and I set up XP Property five years ago to provide development and investment opportunities in London and the home counties. We have a measured surveying and topographical survey business called XP Surveys. We've been building a 20 million pound social housing portfolio over the last three years. And Jack runs a award-winning property management company in Oxfordshire. So welcome to those of you that are joining us. If you've got any questions, do drop them in the comments as we go through this. This is a live Q&A. Even if you tune in afterwards, we'd love to get comments and feedback and questions about the issues that you're having in your business. And hopefully we can bring them into the conversation next week and give you some interesting um, advice and insights into our businesses and hopefully help you grow yours at the same time. So today, We're going to be running through um, the old maltings and looking at um, some sneak peek behind the scenes CGI's that we've been creating. There's big news in the permitted development space. Those of you that have been keeping into um, uh, updated with the um, government discussions around those, and I'm going to be talking you through some of the key things that are coming out of that, which there are some big, big changes um, and they will affect you and improve your opportunities with PD rights. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about the XP affiliates we've got on our list. Um, we work with some absolutely incredible consultants, have really good um, discounts and relationships with some of our suppliers. And we're going to be talking about all of those. No doubt you will be able to use them in your business going forward. Um, we've been raising, are in the process of raising £10 million investment. And I'll give you some updates on that. We've had two really messy valuations. And I probably don't want to talk about those, but I will. So stay tuned to listen in to that interesting feedback. We're going to be talking about loft furnishings. If you haven't heard of them, I'll talk about what they can do for your business in terms of staging and furniture. Um, If you're tuning in on the podcast, you're already there. But if you don't have the time to listen in on the uh, Friday Lives on YouTube, then we have put this into an audio format. And I'm going to be talking through the episodes that we've launched this week. Aura this week went on a site tour with all of the team and visited a 6,000 square foot mansion house that we've been redeveloping. Um, So stay tuned for some photos of that. And we had our XP 
quarterly face-to-face boardroom meeting. Last but not least, this is where you guys can get your questions answered. I'm going to be talking through questions like this, which Mimi raised a couple of weeks ago. And Jack spent a good five minutes last week answering this, pipelining your property developments. Jack and I, in our various businesses, have bought a property every four weeks for the last five years on average, which is an insane amount of activity. And Jack, Mimi asked, like, how do we pipeline that? How do we process, build relationships with agents? How do we systemize and process that development pipeline? So if you missed last week's episode, tune into episode 30 and you can find out how Jack and I have been doing that. He has got a, I think, hour and 20 long video on YouTube as well that covers this from start to finish. And when he does his keynote speeches with uh, Titan Property and the Central London Property Meet, he goes into far more detail, but you can get a good snapshot into some of the uh, the things that he does to pipeline for XP Property in last week's episode. So a sneak peek uh, into what could be very quickly glanced at and you could think it's a, a real photo that's been taken. I think this is a really, really good CGI and I'm going to zoom in a little bit more so you can get a better sense if I can do that. There we go. So on the right-hand side, we are about 95% complete with a full planning application ready for submission to add two muse houses to the end of this development. So if I can, if you can see my cursor and for those that are listening on the podcast, you're going to struggle. Um, but that's why you should head over to YouTube and join there as well. On this right-hand side, we're looking to build two muse houses out of the face of this wall that I'm circling. And uh, that will be a three-stroke four-bedroom, well, two three-stroke four-bedroom muse houses occupying where these cars currently sit. We're converting the undercroft. So all of these current parking spaces in this undercroft area will become new flats. And then we are looking to include balconies, landscape gardens, enclosed gardens for these ground floor undercroft units and redevelop this whole courtyard space to create more of a yeah a muse type feel which we think will add a lot of value it will give some of these first floor and second floor flats access to private balcony and amenity space which you know throughout the last three years has become far more important since we've all been locked down um, in our own confined spaces so having some quality outdoor private amenity space which is just for you to use is very much of benefit and a good selling point for any development now. So yeah, we're currently updating CGIs, pulling together some sales information, getting design and access statements created and pulling together our planning drawing package ready for submission. So stay tuned for seeing that one come to light and hearing the ups and downs of the planning process, which is always fraught with difficulty as you will know from listening in some of these um, Q and A's. So some interesting news. Uh, The government are in discussions about updating and enhancing the permitted development process. So what are they saying? I'm going to talk through some of the key things I've taken from the the stuff that I've read. And uh, I'm sure more and more will become apparent over the next couple of weeks in terms of the way that this is starting to go. Um, But some interesting things under Class MA. And for those that haven't done anything under Class MA, actually, this project has been done under Class MA. So we've got approval under... Class MA for conversion into 16 flats. We went back in to enhance that into uh, 20 flats. And now all of the these external works and the new build works on this project will be a full planning application. But we've established the change of use and got 20 units out of the existing, um, existing building envelope. So Class MA is really powerful. Effectively, that is anything under Class E usage. So offices, 
for example, conversion under PD rights into flats. There are set criteria. So you're looking at transport, you're looking at daylight and sunlight, national space standards do apply and various other things. But what it's currently limited to is 1500 square meters for that conversion. Now they're talking about either doubling that or just completely abolishing the top limit, which is huge. You know, we, we've got a project that we are just about to get over the line in Oxfordshire, which is about 16,000 square feet. So just over this 1500 meter squared limit. So we're then having to do something a little bit more clever in terms of phasing those works um, to try and keep within the maximum threshold limit. So abolishing that or doubling it is going to open doors to, um, you know, to, to convert even larger offices and Class E spaces. They're also talking about relaxing the vacancy period. So at the moment, the property has to be vacant for three months before you can then submit the application. This was something they brought in with, with the sort of most recent Class MA changes. With the old Class O application, which was um, sort of set back in 2014, I think, and sort of ended 2020, 2021, there was no real vacancy need. So as soon as you, know, you could put the application in straight away, you didn't have to wait for the, the, the property to be vacant in order to make the application. So, so two big changes under that front. Class G rights, would be interested to know if anyone's utilizing Class G or Class MA, drop in the comments you know, any issues you've had with going through that process. But Class G is effectively, again, a similar sort of class use class E application whereby you can convert the upper levels of you know, shop frontages, for example, into a maximum of two flats. Now, what they're doing and what they're talking about at the moment is increasing that limit to four units. So, you know, doubling the amount of flats that you can get in these spaces. We've looked at plenty of high street commercial assets with loads of ancillary space above that absolutely has more scope for more flats. And the process that we've gone through or looked at in those situations is we established the class G rights to convert the uppers into two flats. But these two flats could be 150 square meters each, for example. So you establish the, the change of use using class G, and then you kind of have to go back in for a full planning application to convert those two massive flats into, say, four or five additional flats. But that's a full planning application process. So by introducing this new class G right, you're removing that one step and allowing to go from two straight to four units under class G. Class Q, for those that haven't gone into like agricultural land and like barn conversions, that's essentially what class Q is, uh, the right to convert barns into C3 use. And I think at the moment you're limited to five, four or five units under that conversion. They're talking about increasing that up to 10 um, but then lowering the threshold sizes to sort of 100 or 150 square meters on that front. So a few good changes to get more units. And you, if you've seen some of these barn conversions, you know, the, the units that are converted because these barns are often so big, they're just oversized units that end up being really hard to sell. So actually reducing the threshold, having more units within that that conversion right is going to create more houses and houses that are at a, you know an affordable level for a lot of people and you know help with with hopefully, you know, the housing crisis, which is ultimately what they're doing this for. And they're looking at other uses within that agricultural land in terms of including conversion to other types of facilities like storage, livery, um, library and um, equestrian. So yeah, three big changes. Um, if any of you are taking, um, are following this more in depthly or um, have some insight into what these changes might do for you or anyone else, we'd love to know in the comments. So drop a comment down below. Um, I can see one's just come in. Let me see who that is. Win, win, win. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Good to know you're tuning in in the airport. 
Okay, so SDLT, Reclaim, and other affiliates. We work with a series of amazing consultants, amazing um, suppliers, and we are pulling together a really strong list now of affiliates that we work with. Um, last week, we introduced um, an SDLT Reclaim company. So if you've bought something in the last three years, for example, and want to understand if you can claim back some of that SDLT, we're working with a fantastic company that can offer that service to you. We've been working with Silencehern on a number of projects, building consultancy for QS, cost consultancy, building surveys, um, obviously XP Surveys, which is which is our own company, and we can offer good rates um, and quick turnaround services with them. Mesa Finance are a, a, you know, a bridging and a buy-to-let brokerage, and we've been working with almost every single project that we've bought has been with insurance desk services. Um, a guy called Josh Munt, shout out to you. Um, always a fantastic service amazing quick turnarounds. His name is mentioned in so many WhatsApp groups when people ask for insurance options. Um, and there's no reason, you know, there, there's every reason to understand why, because yeah, the speed of service and the quotes that he gets in for both site insurance, contractors, all risk, you know, buy to let insurance, any type of insurance you might need for your construction process. Josh Munt is your man at insurance desk services. So drop us a message if you want instruction to Josh um, and we'll send that over. Okay. Now we have been banging on about this for the last three or four weeks, because this is one of our, our key goals at the moment for the business. We have a lot of projects in the pipeline. They all need funding. And at the moment to date, we've been going out to individual investors um, that typically have pots of around 250 grand to let's say, you know, what one and a half million, that sort of level. And that's great. And that sort of served us really well to date. Um, where we are now in terms of the size of projects that we work on, which are between three and 10 million pounds worth of sort of GDP. We need larger pots of funds and we we very quickly run out and we would love to work with, you know, one partner who has relatively large deep pockets that can just continue going over and over and reinvesting into not only projects, but in, investing into the wider XP group and XP group of, of businesses. The last five years, we've been building these three avenue stream, um, revenue streams within the business. And it's worth touching on some of these. So we have our sort of securitized income. Um, these are supported living tenants with 10 to 25 year leases with a registered provider. These kick out, you know, the sort of five to six percent per annum return type investments that are lower risk, low return, but securitized with government backed leases. We have our higher yielding HMO portfolios. So young professionals, Jack's been running Central Suites for the last five years, got over 100 rooms now. Um, so we've got that model you know, nailed down really well. That kicks out anywhere between eight and 25% in terms of return on cash for us or IRR. And then we've got our higher, you know, our riskier type property developments, which are office conversions, like we showed you earlier, house conversions, new build land developments, and the likes. And they, on average, over the last five years, have returned an IRR of 41% to our business. So when you blend all of those three avenues into a fund, there's a lot of diversification there. Um, and ultimately, we could very quickly deploy £10 million worth of investment into these various different pots of the business. So we're now looking to work with, you know, one individual family office, high net worth individual, uh, you know, fund that can take a three to five year view with us as a business, um, looking at all of our assets that we built historically, our track record um, and our pipeline for the future and come on board and be, you know, one of our, our our biggest or only kind of investment lenders going forward. So if that's you, drop us a DM, 
drop an email to info at xvproperty.co.uk. We'd love to set up a coffee meeting and we've got investment decks that we can send across. And yeah, we'd, we'd love to sort of open and start a conversation with you on that. Valuations. It's been an interesting couple of weeks from a valuation perspective. Um, we all know that the the road is is rocky. The market is you know, volatile and, and nobody's really sure where it is or what it's going to be doing. And that's all fine. That's pretty standard. I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about with one of our valuations is just a lack of understanding or, or ability to flex or not be so computer says no about specific developments. We've added a lot of value in our schemes because we work on schemes that aren't aren't typical. It's not a piece of grass that has got planning approval for 10 houses and you know that that's it. There's often phasing, there's often different planning applications, there's some PD rights, there's some full planning applications, there's often commercial tenants in situ that are leaving after a certain time. So there's there's complications to our developments, but that's effectively how we generally add a lot of value through them. And Sometimes that's quite difficult for lenders to get their head around. They just want a vanilla, here's a piece of land, you know, or this is just a purely an office conversion that you're converting to 16 flats, planning's in place, and away you go. Not a lot of our projects are like that, and, um, and this one's no different. So the most frustrating thing with this is that we valued the site at around about 5.4 million. The valuation itself came back at about 1 uh, 5.15, 5.1. You know, it, it wasn't too bad, um, and having sort of spoken to local agents, it's probably not far off. The issue that we found is that the lender asked for a non-new build value. So taking off any sort of premium that the valuer foreseen with the fact that these are new and you know, newly converted to the market. Now, I've, I've never heard a lender ask for this. Um, my broker had never heard somebody asking for this. Um, but what had happened and what has happened is there's been a lot of confusion, I think, between what actually they're asking for and what the, the, the Rick Surveyor has come back with. Because he's come back and, and basically dropped about 18% off of the actual GDV. So our, our GDV has gone from 5.4, which was our estimate, to his 5.15, to something like 4.2, 4.3 million pounds now, which when you know the area, and Jack's got um, 60 HMO rooms in the area, we've got a block of 14 flats just around the corner, which we're refinancing. We know the local market extremely well. We know the local agents really well. To have someone say your asset is only worth 4.2 million when you know they're probably a million pounds short is a bitter pill to swallow, especially when the lender is not really taking any pragmatic views about that, that value. The valuer, the Rick's valuation costs us five, six thousand pounds. He's not going to retype it as much as we challenge and argue it, which we have done. So unfortunately, we're back now to the drawing board where we have to find a new lender. We have to get a new valuation completely, which is going to cost us another five, six grand. And we're going through the whole process again. So we've wasted six, seven weeks with, with this particular lender. There's been no real pragmatism put around the um, the discussion. The valuer himself on the phone to me said, it's not a standard way of valuing anything. It's not real world, but I can't change my report. Um, so we're, we're kind of in a catch-22. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has had that where they've, you know, a, a lender has asked for a, a no new build premium to be removed. And if it has been dropped by 18, 17, 18%, because we've never come across it and it feels very unjust and it's costing us a lot of money now to go back to the market and try again. So yes, it's not all roses in the property development world.
this is just a short message to ask, is your business making the consistent profits you want? Or are you struggling to take your business from five figures to six figures or six figures to seven figure revenues? If this is you and you want one-to-one guidance from award-winning property developers and business owners, check out our consultancy and mentorship packages at xpproperty.co.uk to book in with Ben or Jack today. Let's get on with the episode. Okay, on to more exciting things. Furniture, stage furniture, lovely photos, selling properties. We've been using Loft for a while now. We actually had um, Loft come into the developer club earlier this week and talk about some really exciting stuff that they've got in the pipeline, actually. So essentially, they're an interior design and furniture staging company. If you want an introduction, uh, drop Loft Furniture into the comments um, and we can we can send you um, an intro. But these guys have recently staged one of our flats in Sunset Court, which is this development on screen. Beautiful furnishing, looks great. Every person that walks into the, the flat absolutely loves it. And there's a few benefits to staging staging flats. One is people can visualize what the property is going to look like. And working in an architectural space and working with clients in Aura Architecture and Interiors for the last six years, you very quickly understand that people cannot visualize space. You know, we give them a set of plans. It's French to them. They don't can't piece things together. They can't visualize things in 3D. So having physical furniture in the property so that they can see themselves living in the space has a massive impact on the buyer. Um, and certainly how many offers that we've had after doing so. You know, we've had offers before staging it and the feedback and the offers that we've had have been one more fruitful in terms of the quantity of offers that we've had and more fruitful from a value perspective. You know, whereas somebody might have come into this and offered 380 grand, they're now offering 400,000 pounds because they can see themselves living it. They've got that personal touch and it's, it's sort of becoming real to them and they can touch and smell the furniture. So that's one of, you know, a, a great benefit, obviously, to, to sell assets um, quicker. The second is that actually it becomes a really good negotiation tool. So we've bought this package of furniture. This two-bed flat, I think, costs us about eight and a half grand plus the VAT. They come in, they assemble everything, they strip everything out in terms of the recycling and the um, rubbish, and it's a completely hands-off 360 process. The benefits that they talked, the new benefits they talked us through on Monday is that they are now providing stage CGIs. So they can give you a CGI of the what the unit will look like when it's finished with their furniture in the CGI. So they've modeled all of their inventory in SketchUp and 3D modeling so that they can actually place the actual furniture that they are going to install into a virtual space um, and give you a staged photo for you to then use. Let's say you're actually selling off plan. Your units aren't finished yet, but you want to start getting them on the market and getting some interest. Loft can provide those CGIs staged with the actual furniture that you see in front of you so that when you actually get people through the door and you've finished and you've got the flat staged, there's no difference between the CGI and what they're actually coming in the flat to see, which is awesome. The other selling point, which I mentioned, is the fact that you use it as a negotiation tool. So almost every time that we've staged a flat like this, we've moved it around flats. So we had offer an offer on flat three, which is the one you see on the screen. We've sold that flat or have that flat under offer. So we've moved all the furniture now up to unit five. Um, and that one's getting a lot more attention and more traction in terms of the sales. So you can move it around the, the development and also We've had negotiations whereby somebody's offered, let's say for argument's sake, 385,000 pounds for this flat. 
but we've said we'll accept a higher offer but we'll throw in the furniture or somebody wanted the furniture and it's we've used it as a negotiation tactic to increase their offer and get um get a sale completed so lots of benefits with staging furniture loft are fantastic uh, i remember that's what i was going to say um the very first scheme that we did which was seafield court in reading again a two bed sort of lower ground flat that we did we thought it'd be a great idea to get pizzas in get all the team in for a day or a couple of hours buy furniture off of ikea wayfair bring some screwdrivers and uh we'll all have a laugh kind of putting this furniture together and it'll take a couple of hours eight hours later we're still there putting up this furniture we're pissed off it's taken us taking us that long we then have to remove all of the the wrapping and the the cardboard take that down to a tip or take home and it's just an absolute pain in the ass so yeah we've definitely learned from here on out we will just be getting someone into a 360 service take everything into the flat unpack it all take away all the rubbish put all the um uh, the pictures up on the wall um and we don't have to see or speak to anyone about it so yeah any questions about that then drop them in the comments below uh this week or actually today we launched episode eight of the property experts podcast um, and number nine will be launched sunday morning so we're going to try and launch one every sunday morning and some wednesdays or thursdays during the week mainly at the moment we're playing catch up so Episodes eight and nine will be from back in sort of February, March this year um, until we get to episode 30, which is today's. Um, we are converting all of these live Q&As into audio format. So um, we've got a bit of a catch up to do. But um, if you're listening in on the podcast, do tune in every now and again, if you can, to some of the YouTube, LinkedIn and Facebook lives, because you're going to see more of the visuals on the screen and obviously with property development. There's a lot of visual stuff that we talk about. So if you want some insight into actually what some of our schemes look like, either tune into the, the lives on YouTube or head over to social media, Instagram, Facebook um, and LinkedIn to see how we're progressing on various sites and what they look like. The podcast is all on the various platforms, but uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, CastBox, all of those, um, those, those leading platforms. If we're missing one, by the way, if you listen on a specific podcast platform that we're not on, do let us know and we can we can definitely sort that out and add it okay um stay tuned to our aura architecture and interiors youtube channel because we will very shortly be uploading lots of video footage from recent site tours that we've been doing uh you will see this incredible six thousand square foot mansion house which is about four months from being completed by christmas time you should see this completely redone um the kitchen is sensational the the kitchen island is one of the biggest I've seen. The contract value on this is circa £2 million. They're, they're, they're going all out. The kitchen is just insane. I've never seen Wolf appliances installed in one of our schemes. Um, they're the sort of chunky, robust oven kitchen hobs with the big red knobs, super expensive, super high end. And we're going to be launching the full video tour of this property and this new build, 3,500 square foot property in Hertfordshire over the next couple of months. So if you're not already subscribed to the Aura Architecture and Interior YouTube channel, please head over there and subscribe. Um, there's loads of content that we're going to be bringing out. You'll get an insight into all of the interior design projects that we've been working on, all of the suppliers and the finishes that we've used on our schemes. We will be dropping in the comments for you guys to, to use. We will be talking about build costs and breaking down 
you know, what some of our clients have spent on our projects. And hopefully that'll give you some insight for your projects in terms of um, knowing where certain quality and certain standard of, of finish will sort of land you in terms of price. And yeah, there's some, some really good stuff coming out. So do head over to the Aura Architecture and Interiors YouTube channel. Thanks, Andrew. Amazing project. We'd like to see them well done. Yeah, the, I mean, the kitchen and some of the en-suites and the mast, the, 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 the principal bedrooms in both of those properties are actually bigger than like one bedroom flats. They're huge. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, we had our face-to-face -face meeting yesterday with our boardroom mentees. Um, so there were six or seven people in uh, the Aura office yesterday talking about the goals and achievements over the last month and then looking forward and setting KPIs and action points for them to focus on over the next month to really push their business and grow their business to the next level. We've been offering mentorship, coaching, and the boardroom. I mean, the boardroom session is now two and a half years old, uh, which is crazy. We started online during lockdown. We've got some amazing people within the, within the board with insane amounts of experience, and we've got open seats for people to come and join that boardroom. So if, if you're interested in learning from award-winning developers, people who've been doing property development for many years, people that have come out of the commercial property space, for example, and worked in there for 25 years and have that wealth of knowledge and experience for us to tap into. People that have been buy-to-let investors for the last 20 years now want to venture into more interesting, larger developments. There's something for everyone. And we do have seats open. We will start a boardroom two uh, if we get at capacity with boardroom one. So even if you're not ready now, message info at xpproperty.co.uk, get yourself on the waiting list, um, send yourself, a, send in a little bit of information about who you are, what you do. And yeah, we'd love to have that further discussion with you. We've been running these series of businesses over the last six years. You know, some of them are eight figure businesses. All of them are you know, six figure net profit kind of businesses. And we've grown them from scratch over the last couple of years. So we've been there, done that. Hopefully we can help you um, grow your business to where you want it to get to. One question, um, I realize we're slightly over time, so I'm not going to take too long on this, but um, we've been asked a number of times over the past couple of weeks, do you use any softwares to keep control of your finances? We've spoken in the past couple of weeks about using Ultimate FD and our new bookkeeping and finance manager function, which if you've missed, um, do check out some of our previous episodes and how to have the right people in the right place with your finance function. A lot of people think that your accountant's going to do everything, but fundamentally you need a bookkeeper, a finance manager, um, and an FD, and then a tax accountant on top of that to really have a good system and process in place for your finances. But all of that is managed by Zero, which is our accounting software that we use. Fantastic piece of kit. We use it in every single business that we run now. And we run uh, monthly PL and management accounts. We have up-to-date balance sheets available to us. We can do budgeting and forecasting. Uh, and <laughs> Laura, no, we don't like QuickBooks. We prefer zero. Thanks for the comment though. And yeah, with in our service-based businesses, which is something I wanted to touch on because I know a lot of people you, people do use zero, but don't, nec don't necessarily take it to that next level, which is zero projects. Uh, and if I enlarge that slightly, you'll see in the top tab there, um, zero projects. Now, what zero projects allows you to do is have a little bit more granular insight into individual projects that you have going. So for my architectural practice, for example, I have all of my team running timesheets within zero. Obviously, all the invoices and expenses get, get put through zero. So I can allocate staff cost rates 
to my team and therefore have a full picture of how much time they've spent on a specific project, what expenses have been allocated to that project, what invoices has gone out have gone out on that particular project, and therefore what is my true profitability for that individual project. So it's a really, really powerful piece of software. It's only about £30 a month. It rises in cost with sort of more team members that are added by like £5 per user or something like that. Um, but it's very, very low cost. And it allows you to have complete clarity on your finances from start to finish and run off reports like this, have monthly management accounts with profit and loss um, statements, um, and look at individual profitability per project using the zero projects extension as well. I'm going to put a link in the description. There are, I think you get £50 for using the referral link that I'll put in the description. If it's not in there, um, <laughs> by the time this ends, remind me or someone drop a comment, can I have the zero referral link? But I think you get £50 off your um, your zero subscription by using the link that I'm going to be putting down down below. So yeah, I'd be interested to hear you know, on Laura's question, do you prefer zero to QuickBooks? What do you guys think? What do you use? I know that there's Sage, QuickBooks, Zero, a few other softwares that I've heard. I just can't get over how useful Zero is. You know, there's an app on my phone. Um, I can use it on desktop. It's very, very intuitive. And I've not heard anyone say anything bad about it. I've used QuickBooks in the past, didn't really get on with it. Sage was very, very complicated. I think overcomplicated, especially like six or seven years ago when I was using it and more complicated than I need for, for, for the SME business that I am. So yeah, what do you guys think? Let me know. And then just a, a quick um, shout out for the charity kayak that we will be doing on the 9th of September. We're going to be kayaking 41 miles in a day. That isn't just going to be Jack and I. Um, we will have some support from the team, which we'll be interchanging as we go. But typically people kayak at about two to three miles an hour, maybe three to four miles an hour if you're pretty good. Um, so we are going to be on the water for at least, I think, 15, um, 15 hours. And we're starting at seven o'clock. Hopefully we make it in before the um, daylight goes. But yeah, if you are feeling generous, we are doing this for the Mind charity. And I will put a link down, um, down below to this Just Giving page because we're trying to raise £2,000 plus and I'm hoping we can absolutely smash that target. So I know I've rambled on for 36 minutes. Normally we try and keep this down to 30 minutes, but I um, hope you've enjoyed that. Um, Jack will be back next week to join me. If you've got any questions, as always, drop them down below. Any feedback or improvements you think we can make to these or anything you really want us to do or be doing, then again, drop them in the comments or DM us. And until next week, have a good weekend. These live Q&A episodes are all about helping you grow your business and build a property portfolio that provides financial wealth. If you have specific topics that you'd like us to discuss, make sure to comment on the platform you're listening on or email info at xpproperty.co.uk so that we can discuss your topic in future episodes. And if you found these conversations valuable for growing your business, make sure to click that follow button and we'd really love for you to tell just one person about us. Thank you.